Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We're with Chase Klotsky. Now we're going to talk about UFO work and the UFO confirmation through science. Tell us, because you're an expert in investigations, tell us how you would get going into a UFO case. You know, it's my favorite. It's my forte. I love when we get these UFO reports. And to be honest, I've kind of turned into a snob. No, not you. You'll never be a snob. I honestly have, George, because we have so many reports of lights in the sky. Um, I've gotten to the point where I I don't even want to take those anymore. The data is important in our banks, as, you know, Peter Davenport um, explained earlier. We're still trying to figure out these lights. But my forte is physical evidence. So when we get these reports, the first thing you want to do is, you know, vet the credibility of the witness that's giving you this information. True. Okay, so what's going on in the world of UFOs these days? There's, it's all over the place. Um, this is the story that's not going away. As we heard, again, from Peter Davenport earlier, you know, really very credible people, um, things that are not supposed to exist every single day. Uh, I know that Peter takes a lot of uh, UFO reports in the National UFO Reporting Center, but we also have MUFON averages right now about 500 to maybe 900 reports a month. And UFO reports are kind of slightly coming down a bit. We notice that when there's kind of the hot TV show about UFOs or the X-Files is on TV, people realize that, you know, they come forward, and we get a lot more reports. And when these shows are not really uh, popular at the moment or a lot of them on the air, um, you know, the reports come down just a bit. But when you think of 500 reports, even at the lowest a a month, it's ridiculous. And they come from all over the world. These reports are not, um, they're not selective. You know, they're, they're not looking for one type of race or religion or country. It's a world phenomena. We don't seem to be getting the kind of reports we used to get in the 50s and 60s. In that era, we got incredible stories of landings, extraterrestrial scene, you know, scurrying around the craft. I mean, Lonnie Zamora, the police officer from Socorro, New Mexico, the late police officer, saw a pod out there in the desert with a couple extraterrestrials out there. They, They saw him. They jumped in the craft. They took off. We don't seem to get those anymore. Instead, we get what you just said, lights in the sky or something that zooms by. But where where are the cases of... It landed. We saw them walking. They were out there. They, you know, went up to a house. We don't get those anymore. You know, on the surface, that's absolutely the impression, and, um, and, and mostly true. But I'll tell you, George, the thing that I've noticed as we dig into some of these cases, especially in MUFON with the special assignment team, this 
people are forgetting what evidence is. What does this mean? And to be perfectly honest, it takes a lot of money to get in your car and go out. Um, it's kind of gone are the day or the gumshoes. We have so many investigators that want to rely on the Internet, and I think it's a mistake. I think we need to get in our car, you know, do the work, get to the historic. Oh, you've got to get samples and stuff. I mean, remember the old days? I go back to that again, where right. you had tripod landing marks or you had scorches on the earth, you know, burned out areas. Where yeah. are those anymore? We still get them. We still get these reports. Um, the other thing is the topic of UFOs is so polluted. It's, they're all over the place, and it's really difficult to find the cases that are legit and are working, um, even in modernity. It's, it's very difficult to, to filter through this. It's why you know, shows like yours is important, and um, you know, some of the you know, more vocal websites and, and programs like um, Citizens Hearing for Disclosure. They offer the type of evidences and places to go to, the MUFON Symposium. You know, you've got a big database that you can just Google MUFON.com and look up everything you need, or, you know, Peter's reporting, a national UFO reporting center. So it's really difficult when you're brand new to figure out where is the legit information because it's so polluted and polluted meaning you know globally so the internet in some ways has done us a lot of favors we have a lot more information faster but it's also hurt um, our efforts out here quite a bit i had a friend of mine uh, who was a reporter in st louis ron barber and ron was assigned a case to go to ellsbury missouri where there were UFO cases all over the place. And this is years ago, back in the 70s. And when he got on the scene, he saw one dead cow in the middle of a circle with other cows going around the circle, around the cow. They would not go in the circle. They'd go around it. And then he said the startling thing he saw was scorched on the side of a tree Thousands of dead flies. They were just burned right into the bark of a scorched tree. Now, what the heck would cause that? That now, keep is, in mind, there were UFO reports all over the place. Right. That that would be the first thing that goes through my head. Although I wouldn't tell the witnesses at the time because we don't want to lead our witnesses in in, in um, interview. I would think cattle mutilation. Obviously, mm -hmm. that something shocking has happened. Um, and we do know through the work of uh, those that have put the boots on the ground and studied this that the other cows won't go near them and they stay far away. And there are uh, clear indications of the type of mutilations, but laser and, and surgical type of incisions. And, you know, the vets today don't have any idea how, how that incision was so clean and the blood is gone and certain certain body parts, tongues, eyes, um, the udder, uh, internal organs, things like this. You know, these many, many things like this, these were stories, but they also seem to group, and you, it's like you have 10 years of this. And then we had our flaps, Phoenix, Stevensville. Yeah. And so there is a part of exactly what you said earlier, George, about – it is a little more quiet with the big types of cases. I don't know if it's the calm before the storm. What about disclosure? Are we ever going to get it? 
Um, I do believe so, but I'm a ufologist and a UFO investigator, so that's probably you know, something that's ingrained in all of us that, you know, we're out here working, we're out here pushing the information forward, and uh, we want it so badly. And I don't believe it's going to come from our politicians. I think it's going to come from science. I think we're going to, you know, find that signal, and, you know, eventually they'll tell us they found something. But I believe we're going to, it's going to be confirmation over disclosure. Um, You know, it. I don't know, George, without any politics at all in this, would you believe the president anyway if they came out? I mean, imagine the storm. Um, Well, I'd want to know, if they came out and told us about this, I'd want to know why they had been suppressing it so many years. You know, let's say back to the 1947 era of Roswell. Right. You know, why suppress it? Why not simply come right out and tell us? And why do you think that's the case? Assuming these are real. Why not just tell us? Uh, I believe back in, in that time frame, you know, we have to understand the late 40s and early 50s. And, you know, people, if the government asked you to keep quiet, you did. It, it, you know, it was just a different time and place. And I believe that the cover-up um, had a lot to do with technology, weapons, um, very smart people, so to speak, and the government realized right away, if we had access to that kind of technology, especially if no one else had it, it's all control and money. It's definitely control and money. And then, of course, I don't even believe the presidents are told about any of this information. They don't have a need to know. They're temporary employees. Why would you tell the president they write books in eight years, right? Yeah, and they make big bucks in eight years. Yes. And I really do believe that um, there is this little breakaway society or this little breakaway group that controls the secrecy and this cover-up, and they've, they've condensed it and compartmentalized so brilliantly that it's almost funny to think that they could keep a secret that big. And for anyone out there that thinks that the government can't keep a secret, I have a challenge. <laughs> we have many, many documents that are... Um, blacked out. And I'd love that for them to tell me what's under all that black mark. That's right. Why, what kind of security measures force them to black everything out? Yes. And if they can tell me what's under all our <laughs> redactions and all those black marks, then I'll believe the government can't keep a secret. So, you know, that's kind of my challenge out there right now. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.